When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and, well, it's already time for our final game preview of the season as we're set to embark on the journey that is our Week 17 Bears-Vikings preview show. And here with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Nick, some great times over the weekend. We were able to go to that Bears-Chiefs game. Everything besides the game itself really was a great time. How have you been? Uh, like I told you, well, before we went live, I've been battling some some sickness over over the week, the course of the week. Uh, before our last podcast, I actually got stitches on my hand, so it's just been a culmination of a, a bunch of different things. But right now, I'm feeling pretty good. Our last preview podcast of the year, so a little bittersweet. But yeah, how how have you been, Will? I got my stitches out of my finger, so you need to catch up here. I know you're kind of a little bit behind me, but doing really good. As I told you, uh, thank you again for that Christmas gift that you gave me. I waited until Christmas Day to open it. Got a Tariq Cohen autograph visor, a Bears Fit towel. You got the sun, a nice Tariq Cohen autograph photo. I really appreciate it. That was really kind. Yeah, no problem, man. I knew uh, like when you said that AJ got a, uh, what is it, a Build-A-Bear, right? right? And named it Tariq Cohen. I'm like, this is perfect. I already had the gift you know, in place, but it just... it. It went perfectly, so I was really happy that I was able to get you that and that you enjoyed it. And then I was able to give you one of the Devin Hester bobbleheads from Sunday's game that managed to make the trip home. We all had one, but only one came back to your house, so at least he got it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what could have happened. Again, there were, there was a bunch of beers that we drank, but they were right in front of our seats, though. And then when we turned back, those Devin Hester 
bobblehead dolls are all gone, but I do have one. It's right next to my Brian Urlacher um, little statue there. So, yeah, but thank you so much for that. You know how much I love Devin Hester, too. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm glad that, well, you were able to take care of one another here for Christmas. And uh, to Jonathan, the fan that won our ticket raffle, Jordan Grimes, our graphic designer, Will Ingles, who, Nick, he will be joining us on the postgame show to wrap up this season. That was a great time for everyone involved and uh, something that we need to look into doing, you know, each and every season. Last year or two years ago, we did the Miami trip. I don't know. Something about being at home, Soldier Field, that was a ton of fun. But we're probably dilly-dallying on this just a little bit because, well, we don't want to really get into this preview, right? (laughs) No, not really. I mean, it's the last game of the year. The Bears aren't playing for anything. The Vikings look like they're not playing for anything. But, hey, we got to do it anyway, right? Let's rip it off like a Band-Aid or take it out like some stitches. Either way. (laughs) Exactly. All right, so to kick off this week's game preview, let's go ahead and, well, let's just begin with that Bears offense for the last time, who surely they can't be much worse than they were on Sunday night, only putting up three points against the Chiefs. And the Vikings defense, they're a bend-don't-break type. They rank 14th in yards allowed. Uh, They are in top 10. They rank 6th and points allowed, only 18.6 points per game allowed on average. And starting with that Bears passing attack, they only mustered 133 yards on last Sunday night. Trubisky was sacked three times, and, well, that's about it. We already know what challenges Minnesota brings for any quarterback between its pass rush, playmakers in the secondary like Anthony Harris, who is tied for the league lead with six interceptions. Now, in the last meeting, Mitch, he did exit the game after dislocating his shoulder on that very first drive. And, of course, we don't know which starters for the Vikings are going to be starting or sitting because they're going to be taking it a little bit easier with their playoff spot already secured. So, Nick, not the 2019 we wanted for Mitch Trubisky, not the one that many people thought would happen. He has one opportunity here, and like you and I were saying right before we went live, if the Vikings sit a lot of starters and he succeeds, you can't take a lot of stock into it. But if he struggles against backups, that's something you can really look at heavily this offseason. So taking all this into account, what kind of game are you expecting from Mitch? Or what do you want to see out of Mitch in his last game as a bear? It's- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep. All night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. <laughs> I like how you phrase that, Will, but um, it, it's, it's an interesting situation for Mitch Trubisky because just last week, he absolutely stunk it up against the Kansas City Chiefs. So in this one... I really don't even – it's a lose-lose situation, honestly, because like you said, he could play well against a Vikings team that's not playing a lot of its starters, or he could just play bad against a team without its starters. So I don't know if you could take really much from this last game. <clears throat> if anything, what I want to see from Mitch, just hit the open guy. Allen Robinson ran a beautiful route down the left sideline, and Mitch had plenty of time in the pocket against the Kansas City Chiefs last Sunday night just misses it, an overthrow. You want to see him at least make that throw if the opportunity presents itself in this game against the Vikings, regardless of who's playing. But I think that's a big thing. I think Matt Nagy also is going to throw some more RPOs in this one to see if he has learned anything from week one to week 17. 
up until last week, it showed that he, he doesn't. He didn't learn anything. So he's still struggling with that, What whether to give the option or to take it himself, whatever it may be. I think Matt Nagy's just going to challenge Mitch in this one to see what exactly he has in a quarterback because you can't feel confident going into 2020 with Mitch as your number one guy. So, again, we thought we, we'd do it last week against Kansas City, just rip off the Band-Aid and just mm-hmm. throw out a bunch of different things. Might as well do it against a Vikings team that's not going to have much of his starters. So I'm not really expecting a big game from Mitch. Um, I'm expecting them to just take more opportunities, more chances, just to show what he actually can do. Because right now, you just don't feel confident going with Mitch in 2020. Is there any way that this game can change a narrative? I don't see how it could. It's, I mean, you look at the entire season as the sample size, and it's inconsistent to say the least, but even if, let's say best case scenario, Vikings play all their starters besides Kendricks, who's injured on defense and Mitch goes off. Does that change anything for you or no? Cause I don't, for me personally, you can't have this one game sway you one way or the other terribly too much. No, I don't think it does. You can take it that way either. And you got to think the Vikings are the sixth seed. That's it regardless of they win or lose this game. So maybe they're taking chances as well that they normally wouldn't in a actual game that matters. So like you said, Mitch can go off this game against, let's say, everybody but Kendricks. That's great and all, but is this really going to be the Vikings team that you would see on a normal week-to-week basis that's actually playing for something? Probably not. I just don't think so. So I I think that Mitch is in a lose-lose situation at this point. If anything, he should have showed us something last week against Kansas City when they said they were playing for pride, right? At this point, (laughs) you're not really playing for pride. You're just playing to get done with the season because you beat the Vikings, a division rival. That's great, but they're not playing for anything. They're already in the playoffs. They took care of their business, you know, with the first 16 weeks. And then the 17th week, they don't have to do anything. So... Yeah, I don't think the narrative changes at all, regardless of how Mitch Trubisky plays. He's already shown what he is 16 weeks up into this season. Absolutely. I see a comment here from Adkins on Periscope wondering our thoughts on some guys that we want to bring in to compete next year at quarterback. Adkins, love the question. Really do want to get into it. Uh, Here at the Chicago Audible, we do, uh, during the season, we try to just go one week at a time, one game at a time. But I think Nick and I, uh, more than maybe some years past, we're itching to get into some offseason content here because we do need to really attack this offseason, restructure and rebuild this team a little bit, uh, retool, as you will. So we'll get there very soon. Just to get through this preview, let's get through a post game. Let's reflect on it one last time, and then we'll begin to stay the franchise and start the plan forward. But up next, we're going to take a look at what to expect from the Bears on the ground. But before we do, uh, I need to call a quick timeout to let you know about our show sponsor, Wrigleyville Sports. Wrigleyville Sports is one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the city, and their goal is to bring the city of Chicago team gear happiness directly to the fans. So if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it. From hats to sunglasses to t-shirts and jerseys, make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com. And we can get you 15% off and free shipping on your entire order. Just use our promo code AUDIBLE, and that unlocks that 15% and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. So if you're looking for any of the Bears gear to kind of wrap up the decade or heck, any of the other Chicago teams, you can't beat this deal. Again, head over to WrigleyvilleSports.com. Use our promo code AUDIBLE, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, and that gets you 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. 
All right, Nick, now let's quickly take a look at that Bears rushing attack. The Vikings allow 104 yards per game, but they have allowed the second fewest rushing touchdowns this season with seven. This is our last chance to see what David Montgomery in his rookie season, what he can do, and obviously his production has not lived up to some of the hype, and it's not entirely or really his fault. But Nick, what should we expect from the Bears on the ground, especially Montgomery? Can he finish the year with a, let's call it a good game? You know, I think this could be a good last game for David Montgomery. And what I really liked and what I just completely missed when we were actually at the game last Sunday was when Rashad Coward went out of the game, and I think it was due to injury, and they plugged in Ted Larson at that right guard position, the Bears offense got moving, specifically the running game. I just posted a video on Twitter showing the differences on the right guard play. You see Rashad Coward just throwing in a lazy block, gets moved out of the way by the defensive lineman. Then I pointed out a play where Ted Larson's in there. Dave Montgomery uh, just gets a 16-yard run. So it's uh, the differences there at the right guard position where Larson's been doing this for a number of years. His natural position is at offensive line as opposed to Rashad Coward as a defensive line converted. So I think with that change, just with that change, I like the Bears' chances more than I did weeks prior with, um, you know, just the run- rushing attack and what they were doing. But we were talking about this just on Twitter, Will. We also want to see Alex Bars get some playing time at some point in this game. It's week 17. You're not playing for anything. You're not going to the playoffs. Why not put a guy like that in? Whether Maybe, it's, maybe it is at right guard. Maybe it's in jumbo packages. Get that guy on the field. He's a young offensive lineman that you obviously have waiting maybe to develop. Why not give him some NFL competition in this last week of the season? But to answer your question, I do think David Montgomery can get some good yardage on this Vikings defense, especially because we know they are going to be missing some key starters. So the Bears are going, I think, I know I said earlier they're maybe not playing for pride, but Mm -hmm. I think Matt Nagy, the Bears offense wants to end on a high note, especially when they just put up three points against the Kansas City Chiefs on primetime. They want to do something good in this last game of the season. So I think they do have a opportunity to at least put up some good yardage on the ground. You know, you bring up an interesting point about Ted Larson. And since we were talking about this earlier, I have been thinking about it. And I see a couple of problems here. If he is a better option than Rashad Coward, which I think you would agree he is, I would definitely get on board saying that he is. Uh, That's why they brought him in, to be that veteran guy. He's been healthy for a while. I know he got hurt earlier in the year, but he's been healthy. Why wasn't he implemented on top of Rashad Coward earlier? Because like you said, as soon as he came in, he opened up some holes. He was able to do what we need to do out of a right guard position. Rashad Coward's been struggling. I don't know why you didn't put him in sooner if he is that much better, unless you are trying to develop Coward. But then that opens up the next problem where if you're trying to develop Coward at right guard, why wouldn't you use an Alex Bars who probably has a higher ceiling in terms of the overall potential at the position? Thoughts? You know what? Yeah, so I was actually thinking about this. I think Matt – so Matt Nagy, I think we can learn over the you know these two seasons, he's a little bit stubborn. You know, obviously the yes. running game, he is. He If he wants to do it his way, he wanted to make Mitch a pocket passer. He likes to do things his way. He also likes his projects. Why was Bradley Sowell cut every single week and brought back on? He hasn't done anything in the tight end position. Rashad Coward, being a project guy, he keeps trying to give him opportunities. Why not go with the sure thing? 
Like, again, with the Ted Larson, obviously he knows how to play offensive line. That's what he does. Put him in there. It makes your offensive line better. But I think he just wanted to stick with Rashad Coward to maybe prove his point that this was a good idea to convert him, that he is a capable offensive lineman. Oh, I can make Mitch a pocket passer. Let me just keep on doing it. Let me keep on trying it. Let me put Bradley Sal as a tight end. He can do it. All those have failed. Every single one of those instances have failed. But yet Matt Nagy, the coaching staff, has been reluctant not to put in the proper thing, whether it's rolling Mitch out of the pocket, just cutting Bradley Sal in general, or just putting Ted Larson in as the right guard. They've, they haven't done it all season. So I think it's a little bit of pride at stake where you're saying, okay, now it's already week 16. Uh, I don't know if this will make me look foolish. Well, it's the right thing to do. So that's just my opinion. It, I, I Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. I have nothing to base it off. There's no facts. No one's told me anything. That's just what I'm thinking. But it's the right move. And, again, it just puts a lot of question marks into, I would think, fans' heads. Like, but why? Why does Matt mm-hmm. Nagy consistently do this? So that's just my take on the whole situation. But do you have any, like, differing opinions? Or, I hope like, you're what right. What are you thinking about it? I hope you're right. The only other way that this makes sense to me, which would be a bigger issue, is if the fact that they just don't know their strengths or their weaknesses. They can't evaluate the talent on their own roster and know how to put themselves in a position to succeed. I don't know which one's worse, having too much yeah. pride where you don't make a tough decision or you just are ignorant and you don't understand that, of course, Ted Larson's your best option. And that's just one of many different instances on this roster. But that's just one we're talking about, so I'll use it as the example. But if that's your best best case scenario and you're looking a few weeks ago when we still had playoff hopes why wasn't he on the field if he's one of your best options to be out there and that's why they brought him in because he was supposed to be that Eric Cush guy and we've seen Ted Larson a few seasons ago we know how serviceable he can be at any of the interior positions and that's why he was the next man up after Kyle Wong went down but once he was healthy Rashad Coward did nothing to prove that he should be a starter without having anyone else push him and I think Ted Larson the veteran is by and far and large the best option. But I don't know, Nick. Either way, it's crazy. It's crazy and it's not good. And I think, again, it creates questions, just more questions about this team moving forward. Can they actually evaluate the right talent, put their pride away for a second, and put the right people in the right positions and do the right scheme to make the offense actually work? But we haven't seen that all 2019, so we'll have to see what happens in 2020. So wrapping up this point, you're saying that David Montgomery could have a decent day. Yes. <laughs> to go back to that, <laughs> David Montgomery, I think, could have a decent day against a depleted Vikings defense with a Ted Larson at right guard. All right. Now, usually in this point of the show, we'll look at some matchups, right? Either matchups in the trenches, matchups at the playmaking positions, and kind of pick and choose the ones that we think are the most important or the ones that are on our radar. It makes no sense to me to waste our time doing that this week, just given the fact that we don't know who the Vikings are going to be throwing out there. And again, they're not really treating this game with 
a lot of you know urgency. So instead, I'm wondering, do you have any Bears players specifically that you're going to be paying attention to or you want to see succeed? I think we want to see every person and every player on this team succeed, but do you have any on your mind or any on your radar this week? I think for me, one I want to start, and you're wearing the Iowa jacket, I want to see James Daniels end the season on a strong note. He hasn't had the best sophomore year. He's definitely in a sophomore slump. I'm glad to see that he's going to be a third-year player here in just a matter of a few days so he can maybe work his way out of it. But if he can go ahead and end the season on a high note, that can go a long way towards his overall confidence, development, etc. But how about you? Do you have any players on this offense you want to see kind of take a step or at least end on a positive note? Yeah, I really want to see Riley Ridley actually play this game. Well, last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, he had three snaps on offense. How in the world does a guy like that, again, only two games left in the season, only get three snaps on offense? So in this one, why not? Throw him out on the field. Let him be a guy. You already know Taylor Gabriel's out again due to that concussion that he sustained weeks ago. Put Riley Ridley on the field. Let him go and try to actually run routes to get some good yardage. Give him opportunities. I think he's a guy that we've all, like, when we saw him drafted, like, maybe the Bears didn't need a wide receiver, but he was a good player at Georgia. He can run good routes and obviously has good hands and things like that. Let's see it happen tonight. Or let's see it happen on Sunday with a Vikings depleted secondary where you have nothing to play for, why not put Riley Ridley on the field more than three times? I think the Bears should do that, but that's a guy that I'm definitely going to be rooting for because he's mo- he he is in the Bears' future plans moving forward with this team. He's going to be a guy that they have to count on with being a fourth-round pick. He's not obviously a guarantee, but he's most likely going to succeed. So that's a guy, throw in Javon Wims as well, but his Georgia sure. teammate. Um, just the young wide receivers on this team to just keep making plays. Obviously, you have Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, but I want to see those two guys, uh, former Georgia Bulldogs, do something in this game against the Minnesota Vikings. Actually, Javon Wims last year in this game in Week 17 in Minneapolis had a pretty decent game. So hopefully you can build off that, and so can Riley Ridley. Absolutely. I mean, I throw in Anthony Miller. He's been having a really strong second half of the season. Didn't really show out too much against the Chiefs. So finding a way to rebound from that, I think would be a great one as well. But outside of those, I think you're hitting it right on the young guys. Uh, I talked about James Daniels. You talked about the young guys or receivers that, you know, Taylor Gabriel with his concussions, and I know he's going to most likely be out of end of protocol by the end of the year, but it's still worrisome that he's been in it for as long as he has, and he's had multiple concussions. He may be a player the Bears have to move on from after this season, so some of these other guys stepping up, making some you know strong, positive waves to end this season would be a at least a, a good way to end it. It's not the best way. I think we still want the season to continue, but that's not the reality. But moving forward, anything else that you want to talk about, either Bears offense, Vikings defense, any keys to success? It's it's interesting at this point of the year with nothing too much to talk about pregame. Yeah, um, I think with this one, you just want to see what kind of Matt Nagy draws up in this last game. Um, like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a bunch of deep shots or just opportunities to really attack this Vikings defense because what does he have to lose at this point? Again, you could get embarrassed and lose to a team that's playing with a bunch of backups. That would look awful for the Bears in this last game but 
I think it's better to go out that way than to be reserved, to be very like in the game against Kansas City, you're on a fourth down play, Mitch throws a four yard pass to I think it was a tight end in the flats. Like that's that's just a give up kind of call. Like you don't do that. Go out and actually throw some plays out there. Attack the defense. Don't just take these shallow, short passes, the screen games on third and eight. Like, that. that's the stuff where he's showing defeat. I want to see Matt Nagy actually be aggressive in this last one. Doesn't really go into what the game plan will go into how to beat the Vikings, but that's just kind of what I want to see because we already know, well, this is going to be a boring-ass game. Let's be completely honest. Week 17, the Bears have nothing to play for. The Vikings have nothing to play for. Let's at least see some kind of offense because we didn't see it in person last week at Soldier Field. So it would be nice to see it in the last game of the season for the Bears because we all know once the the NFL ends or once the Bears season ends, we just want it back. As soon as it's over, we do. So might as well see some, some fireworks, some offensive explosions, but We'll see if that actually happens. We'll see. Speaking of fireworks or explosions, the Vikings defense, even on a roll, generating turnovers over the last few weeks. They have 10 over their last two games, which leads the league over that span. They have forced eight fumbles. They've recovered six of those and also four interceptions six since week 15. So depending on the starters out there, that's a unit that is playing at a pretty high level, taking that ball away. And obviously if they play most of those starters, uh, awareness and just taking care of the football is going to be a big key. I'm not going to dive into red zone or third down for this game preview. I just see, uh, see that to be a little bit silly, uh, but I do want to at least go on record and decide who has the edge, which good luck knowing who's not out there, but let's just assume starters are out there at least half or whatever you want to do, Nick. I'm not your boss. Kind of, I'm mm-hmm. not, but uh bears offensive line versus that Vikings pass rush. Uh, I have us sharing this one. I'm giving it to the Vikings pass rush. How about you? Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, especially not knowing who's going to be out there. Um, Again, the Bears gave up three sacks against the Chiefs, and I didn't think obviously they have some capable players. But I have to agree with you. I'll go with the Vikings' pass rush in this one. They do have a lot of guys on that front that can get after the quarterback. All right, I got Bears ground game, Vikings run defense. I'm going to give it to the Vikings run defense. Again, uh, only the second fewest rushing touchdowns against Adam. Uh, they are in the middle of the pack in terms of yards allowed, but they don't let running backs into the end zone a lot. So give them the edge, which, Nick, over to you. Bears pass game, Vikings secondary. You know, I'll give it to the Bears passing attack. Uh, again, I don't think that the Vikings secondary players are actually going to play the entire game. I know the Bears starters are. And we've seen Mitch Trubisky actually take advantage of bad defenses or guys that, you know, are, I guess, defenses that are at the lower tier. So if you take out some of their starters, that's going to put the Vikings in that tier. And that's where Mitch Trubisky can actually, you know, gain some good yards. So I'll give it to the Bears passing attack. And if the Vikings decide they want to play their starters on defense, it goes the other way, right? Then it goes to the Vikings. <laughs> okay, just making sure. We want to make sure we're all on the same page. Do you have an X Factor for the final time on offense this year? X Factor for the final time is going to be David Montgomery. Like I said earlier in the show, I do expect him to actually have a good last game of his rookie season. It wasn't what many of us were expecting. But again, like you said, Will, you can't really put that on David Montgomery because he has had to fight for Every single yard he's ever gotten this season because that offensive line has not given him much help all season. So, 
But with with what they have up front now and now going against a Vikings front that probably not going to have its best players out there, I'm going to give it to David Montgomery to get the most yards that he can when he gets those opportunities. Look at you. Looks like you're peeking at my notes again this week. I have David Montgomery as well. Not just uh, the fact that I think he's going to be carrying the rock a lot in this one. And I carried it 21 times in the last meeting. He was only able to put up like 50-some-odd yards. But the last time the Bears played the Vikings, they really were relying on him. And you talked about you want to see the Bears play aggressive. I think they're going to try to keep that clock moving, get out of here, and call it a season. Uh, so I think he'll be my X Factor for that reason. And additionally, if the Bears do want to set up the pass, we know – a run game will help that, especially the play action, which Mitch has been pretty good on this season, uh, mostly. So for me, that's going to be the reason why he is going to be my X factor. All right. Well, that's the last time we need to preview the Bears' offense for 2019. I think we're all thankful for that one. Now that the show's halfway complete, it's time to turn our attention to the Bears' defense. And they'll be going up against a Vikings offense that is 13th in yards per game. They average over 5.8 yards per play in the season. They're ranked 7th in the always important points per game stat at 25.9. So let's go ahead and take a look at the Vikings' ground game because Minnesota does have two key injuries at the position, both Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. They're not at 100%. Uh, so the key uh, for the Vikings all year has been running first and passing second. But with injuries to both backs, that should really help the Bears' chances on defense. So, Nick, I don't expect either of these backs to play. I'm curious of your thoughts there as well. And if not, do you have any thoughts on what we should expect from the other guys on this roster, like Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah? So Amir Abdullah is a guy that obviously Bears fans should be familiar with being in Detroit for a couple of years. But, yeah, I think that what the Vikings are expected to do, just looking at some tweets uh, some from Vikings reporters, uh, Dalvin Cook's not expected to play, um, and then there are some other key starters. So I don't think they're even going to play, like, even if they were healthy, they weren't expected to um, play this Week 17 matchup against the Bears. So, yeah, I was with Amir Abdullah, obviously a – Guy that can make you miss, he can contribute in the passing game as well. So I think the Bears should be capable of stopping whatever running back ends up getting, I guess, the workload in this one. Um, and I, a guy that I really like to really defend whatever running back the Vikings have there is Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who's just been, even in that Chiefs game, he made the big mistake with the the punt interference call. He just plays fast will and I, I really appreciate that about Kevin Pierre Lewis just a guy that came in being the starter now he's really taking the most from that opportunity but yeah regardless of what Vikings running back is going to be tasked with you know seeing the workload I like the Bears linebackers being able to stop those guys yeah really in alignment there with you it's one of those it's like well if you're playing this third and the fourth back and you may even have some backups in the offensive line we can go back to what we said about Mitch. If the Bears' defense up front succeeds, okay, you're playing backups. And if they don't, then that's another issue for a different day. And there are some key injuries up front, like no Eddie Goldman, no Akeem Hicks, of course. I know Bilal Nichols is nursing an injury as well. So the Bears are pretty banged up up front as well. And one thing that Minnesota does well, and it's really a testament to their coaching and just execution on offense, is their zone blocking. They do a really good job of reaching the second level. Uh, and I mentioned this roughly in the last preview uh, as we are adding into week four, um, but it does loom large for those guys up front, the Nick Williams, the Roy Robertson-Harris, 
a wall if he does play to win those battles, plug those holes and keep those blockers engaged because if not, they'll get on a Nick Wachowski, they'll get on a KPL, and then that's really what allows that offense to be so dynamic when they're running the football. All right, well, up next, we're going to discuss with the Bears when it comes to stopping, well, not Kirk Cousins, uh, a quarterback that I think has 53 career passes in five yards, something like that. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, I just need to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live uh, tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 24-7 with supplies and solutions for every industry and access to product specialists ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Place. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, simply put, it's a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web. They rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. And finally, and this is my favorite part, SeatGeek displays them all on an interactive seat map where you get to see the view from your seat. SeatGeek breaks down the details. The green dots are the good deals and the red dots are tickets that are simply overpriced. Of course, we have the Siki gaps on our phone. Our devices, by far, it's been the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets over the years. We were just using SeatGeek to buy the tickets for the Bears Chiefs game. All of us aboard there. So, if you're looking to potentially head up to Minnesota to watch this game, definitely check out SeatGeek because there's still plenty of amazing deals left. And SeatGeek will get you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use our promo code Bears for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code again is Bears. B-E-A-R-S, and that gives you $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All righty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and we are here breaking down or technically previewing the Bears' final game of the 2019 season. Now, taking a look at the Vikings' passing attack this year, Kirk Cousins has a 107.4 passer rating that does rank fourth in the NFL, but his yards per game and passing attempts are the lowest of his career since he's became a starter. And again, the Vikings are a run-first team. We've seen the formula for stopping Cousins. We've done it quite a few times. In fact, he's never even beaten the Bears. And that's still going to be the case because guess what? He's going to be sitting in this one. In place will be Sean Mannion. He'll be making his second career start. His other start came as a Ram in Week 17 two seasons ago. And in that game, he completed 60% of his passes for 185 yards. Nick, unless you're what I'll dub as a maniac, which is trying to say you're a maniac, and I just totally butchered it, but that's fine. <laughs> that's the season in a nutshell. I don't know if you'll have much insight as to what to expect from him. Uh, not much, maybe, anything? Yeah, not really much on uh, the, the Vikings' backup quarterback. Let's just say that. Um, but I do expect them to use a lot of play action because they want to set this rushing attack to then give their quarterback a little bit more time out of the pocket because just look last week what the Vikings couldn't do against the Packers on that Monday night matchup. They gave up five sacks for 40 yards, and that's what obviously with Kirk Cousins at home. So 
that offensive line has not done a very good job, uh, well, recently, just protecting the quarterback. So I would expect for the Vikings to want to roll the pocket, move the pocket a little bit, get the quarterback on the run, just so you don't have, you know, a Khalil Mack coming down, you know, the, the backside sacking your quarterback. So um, that's all I really expect from what they might do offensively because, again, Second career starting, what, two years? You don't really have a lot of tape on this guy. We don't know what he's about, what the Vikings are really going to even do offensively in this one. But I would expect, and I think it would be smart, to try to get him outside of the pocket, kind of limit the field a little bit because not having that playing experience, you can't expect him to really run the entire playbook, even though he's been with the Vikings for an entire season. You just can't really expect it to run efficiently, I would say. It gets more underwhelming the deeper we get into this game, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I just expect Sunday afternoon to just one. It's probably going to go by really slowly, too. It's just going to eat away at us. And yeah, it's not going to be fun. Will I can tell you that right now. Yeah, man, this is (laughs) this is one of the most riveting podcasts that we've done over the 440 episodes of this show. But like we did for the offense, let's just go ahead. Let's not look at matchups. Let's not waste our time here. But any Bears players on defense that you're paying attention to a little bit more? One for me is going to be HaHa Clinton Dix. Obviously, on a one-year deal, uh, he is vying for a job next year, and he's going to be out there. I'm assuming in full force, auditioning maybe to come back to Chicago if he feels like this wasn't a waste of his time. And of course, to the other 30—I'll well, say not 31, maybe other 29 teams. I don't know if he would go back to Green Bay or Washington. But I think HaHa Clinton Dix, he's going to play some inspired football here this Sunday at a team or against in a game that otherwise is less than inspiring. So that's one player, at least for me, I'll be paying attention to. I have a few more, but I don't want to take them all. So, Nick, how about you? Anyone in particular? Yeah, so I'm actually going to look at the tandem here because Kevin Tolliver and Prince McMara kind of split snaps last week in Kansas City or against Kansas City. Kevin Tolliver, just looking at the snap counts on defense, had 27 snaps. And then Prince of Mukamara pulling up the stats right now, he had about 39. So he had him a little bit more than Kevin Tolliver there. But I want to see how Matt Nagy and like the team kind of differentiate the snaps in this last game because I think you can expect Prince of Mukamara to be gone next season. Kevin Tolliver's still probably going to be here. And obviously being the younger guy, one with still some upside, I would – hope that these two guys snap counts kind of switch you see more from kevin tolliver actually i would want to see a lot more from kevin tolliver yeah what do you have to lose to be completely honest you have nothing to lose at this point um but those are two guys specifically that i'm going to be watching out for just kevin tolliver prince of mukamara how much one doesn't play how much one does play and just how overall like again the vikings have some decent receivers whether or not we'll see them on sunday is a question but i think just seeing kevin tolliver play well in this last game I think that would be an encouraging sign for Bears fans moving forward yeah Kevin Tolliver thinks one I mean we've talked about him a lot over the last month or so hoping to see a little bit more and more out of him because he is a hopeful building block on this defense and for me I'll just follow up here at the inside linebackers Nick Wachowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis as well they both were on the top of the tackle chart at least for the last game and yeah, there's just two guys I hope to see finish on a positive note because we don't know the future of Danny Trevathan here in Chicago. So wondering to see how these guys can finish the year. I know Nick Wachowski, you know, he wants to still be a Bear. I'm sure Kevin Pierre Lewis will love to do that as well. Uh, one of them uh, could end up starting opposite of Roquan Smith next year. And with Roquan's injury, 
I don't even know if we have a timetable on that return just yet. So I think both of them uh, are people that I'll be paying attention to in this game as well. Uh, Bilal Nichols, if he plays, of course, he's another guy who, after a really strong rookie year, I would say he didn't take that next step that we're all hoping for, so maybe a strong outing out of him. I know Roy Robertson-Harris continues to have flashes, but those are just still flashes. And Yeah, other than that, Nick, it's just a Week 17 game. Like, it's who's lining it anyway. It just, nothing matters. Yeah, nothing matters. But I do want to hit on again Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I really like how that how he plays the game of football. There's just watching the tape and, again, rewatching that that Chiefs game because, uh, yeah, like, again, there was not a lot to be hopeful for in that game. But Kevin Pierre-Lewis and how he just attacks each play. Like, there was a screen, there was a screen that the Chiefs set up, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis is just running downhill 110%, taking on a 300-plus offensive line, just blowing him up. Love to see that from Kevin Pierre Lewis. And then I don't know if you read um, what he said after the after he committed the penalty on the punt. He's like, it was selfish of me. He knew he wasn't supposed to get the punt blocked, but yet he still put his team in a bad position. I think the Chiefs end up going to score a touchdown, but the accountability that he had and the pride and you know feeling so bad for himself, so so bad that the team that he let him down. You want to hear that from players like that, especially because he's been playing so well, such a bright spot that I respect. I respect the hell out of that, to be completely honest. A guy from Kevin Pierre-Lewis saying something like that. So, again, I'm rooting for this guy. Hopefully he plays well in this last game, earns himself a contract here because he is a good player and he's just one that you want to have on a football team. For sure. Now, anything else? A keys to success yet again? I'll just say that Delvin Cook, he has over or just about a third of all the Vikings production. Last week without him, they did tend to struggle moving the ball, having a lot of output. And they don't have Kirk Cousins as well, so I really have a hunch that unless the Bears do you know, what we've seen them do and you know, play down to the opponent at times, uh, they shouldn't have, you know, too much uh, opportunities for success here. But anything else in general on either side of the ball? You know, I think it's just trying to get a consistent pass rush when you have a backup quarterback. And let's see a guy that we haven't seen really all season, Leonard Floyd, actually do something to impact the game. Because he's he's also fighting for a job, really, when you think about it. There's obviously guys that are on one-year contracts or maybe they're just backups or what, whatnot. But Leonard Floyd, he's no guarantee to be on this team next season. I think he really needs to actually show something. He's someone mm-hmm. that can probably gain something from this game. If he can get a consistent pass rush, even though it's just one game, um, it would be nice to see something from Leonard Floyd. A little too late, though, to be completely honest. But, I was about to say, just like Mitch, we can go full circle because I asked you the same question. Can one game change your plans for him moving forward? No, I don't think so. But it would just be – it would be incur- I think it would make – for him it would be a little bit different because obviously it's not the quarterback and it's not as – big of a position but it's still a first round pick someone you moved up for but it would make things I think a little bit more interesting in the talks for next year what they actually want to do with him but it would be nice to see Leonard Floyd actually have an impactful game just getting to the quarterback causing those pressures those hurries sacks if you know if he gets that opportunity but I would like to see something from Leonard Floyd in this one Absolutely. All right, time to find out who has the edge. I'll go up first. I got Bears pass rush, Vikings offensive line. Going to give it to the Vikings offensive line. I know the Bears had six sacks in the first meeting, but since that point, 
we don't really have any reason to believe that the Bears are going to have much of a pass rush. It's been pretty much uh, inconsistent and obsolete. Uh, the Vikings on the season, depending on how many starters they play up front for offensive line, they've been pretty good at protecting the quarterback. I think they rank 25th in sacks allowed, so they're in the top 10 in terms of the least amount of sacks allowed on the year. But how about you, Nick? I'm going to give you the Bears' run defense versus that Vikings' ground game, which we don't know which running backs we'll see, so good luck. Yeah, so I think because I don't know what running backs we're going to see from the Vikings, I'm actually going to give it to the Bears because I think they can't. They're up for the task, um, even without and Akeem Hicks and no Eddie Goldman. We have to see something from these young guys, and they're playing for something. So whether or not it's another year on this team, uh, contract extension, whatever it may be, you're going to see a lot of these Bears players. Uh, I think on the defensive side, really playing. For pride, because again, this is a division opponent. They know they shut down this team. What week four of the season? I think it was week four. Um, but I think that you'll see the the run defense show up. So I'll give it to the Bears. All right, and last but not least, Bears secondary, Vikings passing attack. I'd give it to the Bears secondary just due to having Mannion back there at quarterback. Don't know who they're going to throw out there at wide receiver as well. But even if it was Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. I feel pretty good about those matchups uh, with Kevin when Kevin Tolliver's out there. But I've seen him in the past where we can hold these guys in check. It's something that we've seen over the last couple of seasons. Uh, but regardless, long story short, Bears secondary have the edge for me. How about you? Yeah, I'll give it to the Bears secondary as well. I think, again, there's just something about this matchup between the Vikings and Bears where usually the secondary knows, and again, credit to the coaching and the game plan going into that week, but they usually do a good job against two dynamic receivers in Diggs and Thielen, and I don't think we're going to even see these guys this week. They're probably going to be recovering for their playoff game that they have the following week. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to the Bears secondary, especially because I don't think they're even going to be playing the two top receivers for the Vikings. All right, X-Factors real quick for the Bears defense. I kind of alluded to mine already, and it's going to be a trio here of Roy Robertson-Harris, Bilal Nichols, Nick Williams. The interior defensive line is going to be a big key in this one. I think all these guys are going to kind of equally be a part of that, uh, either be uh, helping stop the run or helping assist with a little bit of pass rush. I think you know these three guys, depending on how well they play or not, really will dictate some success or failure on defense. How about you? Who's going to be your X Factor? So you went with the trio. I'm going to go with the duo of Nick Wachowski and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I think they're going to. There's going to be a lot of blitzes in this one. Uh, why, Chuck Pagano has shown in the past that he likes to blitz his two inside linebackers. And I think these two guys are definitely capable of doing that. And this look at that first matchup too. Nick Wachowski had a huge hit on Dalvin Cook, just blew him up, got to Kirk Cousins. I think that was the one where he caused the fumble, but. Again, these two inside linebackers, they're going to be really active in this one, so I'm going to give it to those two guys. Hey, look at us, though. We're both looking at the right and the heart and soul of this defense for it. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's where, again, if the Bears want to stay consistently good with this defense, it has to be in that front seven. All right, anything you have on the third phase for this one? Eddie Pinero's final game as a Bear this season. This season. I like how you always phrase that well, but uh, yeah, again, it could go. So this one, regardless, you want to see Eddie Pinero actually make his field goals. There's not like a, a bad like, oh, if he makes them, it's against the backups for the Vikings. Especially, no, that's not how it works. You want to see Eddie Pinero actually make field goals, but even if he does that, no guarantee he is the guy next season. I can tell you that right now. But again, going on a high note. 
I want to see Eddie Pinheiro make his field goals. And also, it would be nice. I think it was maybe was it last season or maybe two seasons ago where there uh, Bryce Callahan had a punt return against the Vikings. Uh, mm, yes, that was a few seasons ago, I think. I think it was right a few seasons ago in Minneapolis. So, um, but again, maybe a, a nice special teams play from a Cordero Patterson. Just I, I want to see him get another opportunity when he has a chance to blow up. Uh, the punt returner, but not get called for the stupid penalty that he got called for against the Green Bay Packers a few weeks ago because he's always in the right position. Obviously, being- Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. And a pro bowler at that position as well. So I want to see Cordero Patterson just make a, you know, an impact play on special teams. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see actually a couple of them, to be completely honest. I see a question from Charles Lincoln wondering if we're going to be doing State of the Franchise episodes. I th- we've done them for the last four years. I don't really envision why we won't be doing that yet again. Plenty of work needs to be done. And Cliff, yeah, I don't know who I'm going to replace Pinero with. We will definitely talk about some options as we get through State of the Franchise and, of course, as we start getting into our off-season content. But, Nick, for the last time, we get to enter the final segment of our preview show and give out some predictions. So what's going to be your final bold prediction of 2019? So this is a pretty weak one, and this is because of the Bears, really, not on my prediction. But bold prediction, the Bears are actually going to score more than 20 points in this game because that is something that, unfortunately, this Bears offense just has not been able to do. I'm trying to pull up their actual schedule real quick to see where they're actually at. Let's see. They've only broken 20 points in, let's see, you got one, two... Three. Oh, this is bad. I have to scroll another week. Do you have four, it's only I'm four. guessing. I'm guessing. No, no. Okay. So they have four, five, five games. That's close. Five games. They've only, you know, scored more than 20 points. Actually, one of them's 20. So that doesn't even count. So four. You're right. Um, yeah. More than 20. So bold prediction, they score more than 20 points. I won't give out my final prediction because obviously that's the end. But bold prediction, they score more than 20 in this one. All right. I have an interesting, bold prediction. Uh, I went a little bit stronger uh, so then we can balance one another out here. I have Riley Ridley and tight end Eric Saubert. Uh, they're both going to get their first career touchdowns. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, yeah, the Eric Saubert, like, like, who is this guy? When we I saw know, him on the field. Or, right? I'm like, who, what? Where'd he come from? <laughs> Great. Uh, but yeah, why not? It's week 17. Get some of the young guys some reps and see what they can do. And Saubert's already on the field a little bit last week. Ridley, like you said, needs to be on the field more. So why not? This is a perfect time to just you know get to the red zone and see what these kids can do. But why, bold prediction, both of them will get their first career touchdowns. Uh, time for our MVB. And Nick, I think we can come to a quick agreement on who the MVB will be. And that's going to be the umpire uh, when he blows the final whistle that puts this disappointing season <laughs> to bed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, it's just been a season full of disappointments. But I know as soon as it's over, like, damn, I want football back. I know because, again, with all the changes that are going to be happening, we know this is a team that can, you know, at least have another week 
in the playoffs. We know this is a team that's capable of it, but I have to agree with you. Um, with how 2019 has gone, it's time to put it to rest. Just look for all the changes that need to be made. But, yeah, I, I agree. MVP there. But if you want to play, I'll give it to David Montgomery. Me too. David Montgomery. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get go. out of town. <laughs> I had a hunch when you had him for your X Factor on offense. We're going to have the same thing down here. So I had to think of something to at least pad it just a tiny bit. So I'm glad we can agree that the season ending may be a good one. But you make good points uh, when you say, like, that next Monday you wake up and you're like, okay, how many days until kickoff again? And, yeah, it's life as a Bears fan, Nick. Life as a Chicago Bears fan. But it's time to hand out our final game predictions of the year. And I know you didn't want to spoil yours, but it's time. Yeah, so I said they'd score more than 20. The Bears, 21. The Vikings, 10. <laughs> so they got, you know, just one more point uh, past that 20 mark, uh, which would be their fifth um, time scoring t- more than 20 points this season, which, again, not what we all envision here in Chicago, but I think the Bears, because the Vikings are not playing most of their stars in this one and are resting up and preparing for an actual game that matters the following week as a sixth seed in the playoffs, that's why the Bears will win this one. The Bears usually can take care of teams that, again, don't have as much talent. Not saying that the Vikings don't, but in this game, they won't because of who they're resting. But 21-10, Bears. All right. Uh, for me, uh, before I found out how many starters or how many they're planning on, we don't know the full number, but the report just says planning resting starters. So you got to take that as a, a decent chunk here. Uh, I had it Vikings 13, Bears 6. But I'm going to change that up a little bit now. I'm going to give the Bears 13, which <laughs> it's not two touchdowns and then I missed extra point. It's a touchdown and two field goals to get you to the 13. So I have three scoring drives, and then I'll give the Vikings nine, and they'll end up uh, scoring a couple times as well. Don't know how they're going to get the nine, either three field goals or a touchdown and a safety, but they're going to get nine. And that's where I'm going to end this season for my predictions. And it's time for our confidence meter and final thought. And Nick, how confident are you in this? And one other question, and usually we don't, talk about it but is this a game you want to lose for draft position or not um so confidence mirror i have like a, a six in this one i think the bears should win but not very confident how this team's been playing lately and to answer your question about the draft position no i i, I would like to see the bears win i really would i don't think it's going I, I haven't really looked into how it would affect the draft standings and where the bears would even select right now and how a win or loss really affects that so i'd rather see a bears victory eight and eight um not not so much respectable but at least it's you know a 500 season not right. losing so yeah, I'm okay with the Bears winning this one, and I'm not really too concerned of where they're pegged at to draft and who they're thinking of getting. I think regardless, they'll get the guy that they want, whether it's the right guy, that's yet to be determined, but not too concerned about that at this point. Yeah, I think there are just like either four or five other teams that are sitting at seven and eight, so depending on how they kind of pan out, it can sway it a little bit here. The good news is if you win, then for the Raiders and John Gruden, their first pick goes down. So that may help with the Cleo mm. Mac trade evaluation down the road. Uh, so, yeah, for that reason, I mean, of course, I always play to win. I don't play for draft position, especially when it's you don't even have a pick until the second round. And what's a couple of picks once you get in there? I mean, it could be huge, but you need to hit on the right guy, regardless of who you're drafting there. My confidence meter, I'm at a 5.2. I'm not over, you know, overly confident, even with the lack of starters for the Vikings, because we saw the lack of pride or the lack of really fire from the Bears 
last Sunday night. Don't know how much more we're really going to see this Sunday afternoon. Um, so for me, again, a win doesn't mean much besides maybe moving around draft position. A loss pretty much keeps things as is. I do think it would be pretty pathetic, though, to lose to a quarterback that has like 53 career passing attempts in a five-year career. Uh, I'm just going to put that out there. But I think I can speak for most people listening, uh, you included, Nick, that – you know, on one hand, definitely on one hand, I'm ready for it to end. On another hand, I need just to appreciate the next 60 minutes of Bears football I'm going to have until next September. So it's kind of where I stand. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of Bears fans probably stand because so much hype going into this. Well, and now we're here, week 17. After after Sunday, around 3 o'clock, the game, Bears season will be over. There's no playoffs. There's nothing to play for after that, and it is disappointing, and people should be disappointed. The Bears should be disappointed. But, yeah, I will be missing it as soon as it's over. But uh, thank God this 2019 season is coming to an end, to be completely honest. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's one of those crazy things. It's such a complex emotion. You want it to end because you want it to be better, but you don't want it to end because we love watching our Chicago Bears play football as much as it can be infuriating and frustrating and you know emotionally draining at times. But, all right. That's going to do it for this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed our final game preview. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I know that you have much more important things to do here on a Friday afternoon. It's bowl season for college football. But for everyone that did tune in live, we do appreciate each and every one of you. And, of course, everyone who's listening on the podcast, you're all equally appreciated as well. Make sure to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts as we start to gear up for our 2020 off-season content. We'll talk to you all as soon as the season ends on Sunday afternoon for our final post-game show of 2019. And like I said, right after that, we'll start getting in to our off-season content. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.